Wow. Was that the best track meet in the last 25 years? The Paris Diamond League meet had it all. Three world records. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Faith Kipiegan, and Lameka Gurma. Plus, Sidney McLaughlin Lavrone getting beat. Keely Hutchinson running a PR. Noah Lyles taking down Marcel Jacobs. Crazy Men's 800. We break it all down. The podcast is supposed to be only for Supporters Club members. We're giving everyone the first 15 minutes. For Supporters Club members, switch over to your feed. But everyone else, if you want to join, special world record offer. Use code GOAT50, G-O-A-T-50, to save 50%. Don't miss out. GOAT50, letsrun.com slash subscribe. Welcome, Let's Run.com Supporters Club members. Welcome, live viewers on our live stream to the recap of one of the craziest track meets in the history of track meets. 2023, meeting De Paris, the Paris Diamond League. We saw not one, not two, but three world records in the span of two and a half hours on Friday afternoon. Absolutely crazy. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, 754.10 two miles obliterates the world record of 758.61 by Daniel Komen. We follow it up with not just a world record, but a great race between Latessa Bakide and Faith Kip Yegon in the women's 5,000. And in the end, Kip Yegon gets her second world record in eight days, 1405.20 in the 5,000 meters. And then to finish things off, Lamecha Goma, he saw what they did. He has to break the world record now as well, right? And he does. 752.11. He takes down the world record that belonged to Saif Saeed Shaheen that stood since 2004 in the men's steeplechase. Oh, and between all that, we also had Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni running her first 400 on the Diamond League circuit. Her first Diamond League race in four years. She goes out super hard but gets run down, gets beaten by... Marilady Paulino of the Dominican Republic. We had Marcel Jacobs return in the men's 100 meters. He looked well off the pace. He got run down by Noah Lyles, who gets a big win in that one. And we had a crazy 800, a blanket finish, seven men under 144. That was a terrific race. That might have been the headline of a typical Diamond League race, a typical Diamond League meet. But there was nothing typical about this. Well, then this... I mean, this has got to go down as one of the most exciting track meets we've ever seen. For sure, John. You didn't even mention Kiwi Washington's 155. <laughs> I mean, this meet had it all. After the Jakob world record, I was like, wow, okay, he got it. That's in the wheelhouse. The 5K world record, shocking. And then I, I thought that was it. Then you have Sydney get beat. I'm like, wow, this is great. Oh, Kiwi 155. And then I'm like, how are we going to cover all this stuff? And then they line up for the steeplechase. And I'm like, no, they can't. And they did. So I can't go there. Right. Well, I, 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 when you say I, I can't do something, that means you're going to do there, right, John? Each The second world, which record was your best before I go there? I think it's Ingebrigtsen. 
just i mean maybe it was just because that was the first one so i was feeling sort of the most excitement like when you're in your third world record of the night well then uh you're just kind of like oh oh, right another world record yeah that's what we all expected the first one it wasn't just that he broke it because i did predict on our podcast this week that he would break it is he smashed it like the way inga brinkson broke this record he took four seconds off a daniel Komen world record like no one else other than Komen's ever gone under eight minutes Jakob ran 754 and you would think if he's going to run seven you know if he's going to break the world record you run at or a little slower than world record pace then maybe you can dig the last lap and just get under or something like that no what Jakob did he ran the first half of this race at world record pace then he picks it up the second half he's running along those blue lights that are for the pacemaker so faster than world record pace he doesn't even look that tired at the bell. He and then he just picks it up and he runs a fifty-six, as if it's no problem at all. That it, it, it was the ease with which he ran this, or he appeared to run this. I know he was tired at the end, but he made it look easy and he smashed a record that began that belonged to one of the most legendary distance runners ever, Daniel Komen. Yeah, for sure. And the way he did it, John, the lights have changed the game in terms of all the records. One, it's not I think the lights, in- Weldon, it's the shoes. Come on. You know that. The The lights help us. I think they make these record attempts. They optimize the conditions a little bit more, but you could have put these lights on the track five years ago. I don't think you'd just be having people smash distance records left or right, left and right. Right. But the lights have changed how we watch the world records, essentially. Yes. Essentially, yes. where I was going. Yeah. I, I was about to say when I was getting which world record was the best, the more world records we saw, I think the less significance overall of the records. Because I think something has changed. It's the shoes. But we can still appreciate tonight. This is one of the greatest nights in track and field history. But we... And I was like, oh, is it some weird thing with the weather? The most likely thing is the shoes are, are this much better and we're finally seeing it. Why would we all see it in one night? Maybe there's new prototypes out. Who knows? I mean, three great runners going at it. They set up for the world record and the lights. It's amazing. But real quickly on the lights, they're generally designed, I mean, they can do whatever they want with them. They're generally designed for even pacing. And when when people can kick, you saw this in the 5K as well. If you're close to the lights at the bell, forget about it. If you, you have a kick left, but if you're just grinding, grinding, grinding and have no kick, okay, fine. You want to be even. But like, Jakob ran this thing like almost like a championship race. He just throws down the last lap and, you know, he kicked off a world record pace. It was crazy. That's the thing. When you get to the bell and you're running 758 pace, I mean, Komen probably ran, you know, faster than what record pace in his last lap. He was probably running like eight flat pace and he kicks. I don't know exactly how he did it, but that's normally how you get a record. And yeah, he was chilling at world record pace. And I don't know. I, I did see that workout. You know, the splits got leaked out by Norwegian press and it was six by 800. We don't know what the rest was, but two flat, two flat, then 155, 155, then 149.5, 149.5. So crazy results. But also they were telling like his lactate, they were measuring his lactate during the workout. And they said after running two flat for 800, his lactate wasn't that high. And I'm like, that's that's four flat mile pace, you know? Uh, little, you know, 401, I guess, for a full mile. And if he's not, if his lactate's not spiking that high, he's just got to be super, super fit aerobically right now. And you kind of saw what it looked like 
in the race today. But in terms of like, why do we see all these records tonight? Well, I, I think there's a confluence of factors. It's not just the shoes. Ingebrigtsen and Kip Yegon, I would both say are generational athletes. Like Kip Yegon's the greatest miler on the women's side ever. Ingebrigtsen is the youngest person ever to break four in the mile. He's the Olympic champion in the 15 at 20, at age 20. He's the, the world champion in the 5K at 21 years old. So these aren't athletes. They don't just like run-of-the-mill athletes who are put in shoes or like great athletes who are put in shoes. These are like generational talents that also have all the amenities of modern shoes. You've got the lights. They do help, like you said, well, then I think it was pretty good conditions. Look to be in the 70s little bit of humidity, but you know, there are a lot of fast times. I think it was pretty good for distance running. And then the other thing with Kip Yegon is, would you, I mean, you couldn't set it up any better for her to break the 5k world record because you've got the previous world record holder, Latessa Begide, essentially acting as her pacer through 4,200 meters. So all she has to do is stick on her and then kick, you know, she took the lead with 800 to go and I thought she I thought she looked tired. I was like, she's not really going by her. She's not picking it up. I thought Gide might even pass her on the last lap. But then Kip Yegon hits 200 to go, and she starts sprinting like it's an 800. She ran 28-1 for her last 200 meters at the end of, you know, in a world record race. So even for a regular 5K, closing in 60.6 and 28.1, which is what she did tonight, that would be a fast close. In world record race, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, we can break down each race individually, but a couple comments here. People are saying, I give Rojo a full 60 seconds. There's two comments related to this before he says that this is a Grant Fisher will never medal in the 10K. Well, we're more than 60 seconds in, people, and I see no Rojo. And now, coincidence or not, John, Rojo's not on the show, and we have three world records. Rojo is with the family today in Austin. He's not going to be on the show. And we have the greatest distance night in track and field history, I think. Coincidence, well, well, John? I, hold on. I just want to provide some historical context here. People in the chat are asking, has there ever been three world records in one night? Yes, there has been. The 1997 Zurich Diamond League. We had Wilson Kipkeda go 141-24 in the 800. We had Wilson... Boyt Kipkeda, who, so the steeple Wilson Kipkeda, 759.08 in the steeple chase. And we had Haile Gabrielassi go 1241.86 in the 5,000. So that was 1997, three world records. We did also have the epic 1995 Zurich Diamond League, which didn't have three, it had two world records, but it had the first ever sub eight steeple by Moses Kiptanui. And it had Haile Gebrselassie taking 10 seconds off the world record in the 5,000 meters to run 1244.39. So that was also a pretty epic night. So this is not totally unprecedented, especially if you consider Inga Brixen is only officially a world best, according to World Athletics. But it's one of the all-time meets. They'll be talking about this night 20 years from now, hopefully. Well, I'm glad, John, that they had the world record banners. Can we stop this world best stuff? Like these are world records. I'm glad they celebrated it. It's a world record. Yeah. And 
It's a good thing we got the other two world records because we don't we don't need to go there now. But the Inga Brickson run, we could have just had that and it would have been amazing and nobody would have seen it. It wasn't on the TV window in most of the countries where this was shown. That's just inexcusable. I'm sorry. We don't need to harp on that, but but like please, like like the sport just shoots itself in the sport. He's one of the biggest stars in the sport. You can't think just about the people in the stadium. You got to think about the people watching worldwide. Every chance you can reach as many people as possible. But okay, let's let's go back to Ingerbitson. Um, John, I I can try. I think I have some post race comments from him. Uh, you said we don't know how how much rest he had. He said actually, the, 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 I'm going to play a shorter clip. At the end of the clip, he said ninety seconds rest at the start of the, that workout, and then it got longer in between as he went on. But, John, do you know what's five days from now or six days from now? The Bislight Games in Oslo. I think this could be another Faith Kipiegon situation here because I assume he's going for the 1,500-meter world record. But here's Jakob after today's race. It's very motivating, you know, in the warm-up to know that it's a good crowd. Uh, the energy is at the, at the, the top and um, good conditions, good stadium. Everything is set for for a good time, but uh, at the same time you need to go out there and uh, deliver and do your best. I think we really hit um, uh, the perfect, you know, uh, opening laps. Good pacemakers, good light, and also, as you said, with an amazing crowd. It's just um, a great evening. Um, how does this affect your confidence going into uh, Oslo next week? I would say that it affects uh, it positively, but at the same time, I, I know where I'm at. Um, but uh, that's you know, I know what I'm capable uh, to do in training, but at the same time, it's it's something else to do it in, in racing, and um, it's very good to get the the answers that I get tonight. So there you have it, and sorry, I don't have any other clips. I didn't know there was going to be three world records. So in terms of audio, that's it. But well, that's the first time I heard someone credit the lights. You know, I said a good pacer is a good light. Like, could there be a bad light? It's a computer. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe once we chat GPT controls the lights, maybe they'll get the pacing. Like, you know, you don't have perfect pacing. You want to have slightly negative or positive slip splits or something. Well, I just like when the lights are set to world record pace. I mean, we saw last year when Elise Cranny, they set the pacing lights in her 10k but it wasn't to american record pace so it just confuses everyone and they did actually they they had it that way in the 5k and i think that actually worked out well because that put them in position if they could just kick they would break the world record but for the steeple and the two mile it was right at world record pace it was just very easy to follow as a fan is he ahead of the green yes it's a world record like as a fan watching it especially when they're miles ahead of the next closest competitor as they were in the two mile and, and the steeple it's it's a lot more compelling because that last lap with Gurma, I was like, oh my god, the, the, he was going back and forth with the lights like over the last two laps. The lights caught up to him for a second, and then he pulled ahead again, and then it looked like he was slowing. He'd go over the barriers. It made it much more exciting to to follow that way. So I do think I, I'm a fan of the lights. I'm glad that they exist. I don't think we need to use them for every race, but for world records, they help. Now, in this two mile Weldon, seven fifty four one. I mean. As we were saying before, it's a ridiculous pace. I was looking at his splits from, according to the report on the Diamond League website, he covered 1,600 meters to 3,200 meters 
in 352.2, which just like blew my mind. How, how insane. Like, could you ever consider someone running that fast in the middle of like a 3K or two mile, which this was? 352? 352.2 is what they had. Wow. I mean, that just shows how quick this is. I mean, as you said, John, he never, he never looked under pressure. He looked smooth throughout, and then he kicked. It, it was like almost like a controlled run, and a slight exaggeration, and then with a great kick at the end. Now, my question to you, like, where do you rank this in the like the all time distance performances? If you want the rest of the podcast and you want a second podcast every week, you got to join the supporters club. We're feeling generous with this world record bonanza. You can still use code GOAT. 50 G-O-A-T 50 to save 50% on your first year. Do it today. Let's run.com slash subscribe.